0: I'll set up here real quick. What a blessing, what a blessing. The deep, deep love of Jesus. And uh, it's a very timely worship song there just to kind of reflect a little bit about what I've been looking through this last week to share with you this morning. So I just want to welcome you this morning to to Gateway and uh, those of you that are members or if you're visitors, we welcome you this morning. I see a lot of... uh, Familiar and yet unfamiliar faces, and uh, that's a good thing. So, I'm glad to have Theresa and Mary here this morning, and Dave. Glad to have you back and praying for you guys and praising God for the uh, blessing of healing in your life. So, welcome back, and Mr. Ray here with us this morning is praising God, thinking through this last week, talking to my family and praying for him and the challenges and things that you're going through. And we're just glad that you're here, brother, and we know you continue to be faithful here to this body despite circumstances and changes in your life. And we just praise God that uh, that He is. Got to work for you, and he's finishing a work in you. So thank you, brother. Thank you, thank you. Um, this morning, I just kind of want to share with you uh, for a few minutes um, something to reflect on this time of communion this morning. A couple months ago, I had the chance to share with you and uh, before communion and just kind of reflected on the story of the prodigal son and what that looked like in terms of more so of the love the father had, uh, that deep, deep love for his son. And the last month, Drew had the opportunity to come up and share uh, and reflect on the communion time that we had. And he really just kind of broke it down for us as to what we were doing, why we were participating in communion, what that meant for us, and what that uh, means for us in remembrance of who Jesus Christ is and what he did for us. And, um, and, and I pray that if you weren't here last uh, July, the last Sunday of July, and heard that, to go back and listen to what Drew shared with us, uh, reflecting the communion, and so this morning I kind of want to um, take a look at a set of passages of scripture that um, come before the time of what happens here that we remember for communion, and um, what kind of took place as the stage was beginning to be set for the the trial, for the the death and the burial and the resurrection of Jesus. And so this morning I just kind of want to go through some things that um, God has really been. Pressing on my life, and as I read through this, I started to kind of see some of the lessons, and some of the things that that I felt like God was trying to show me. That this scripture just said it out loud; it screamed it. Um, and so, as you imagine, if you've ever prepared or gone through scripture uh, and studied it, then it becomes very difficult. It becomes very challenging, and to really see the answers and the picture of what you've been feeling and going through, to see it written out and to hear it in God's voice, it'll change you and it'll grab a hold of you and it'll do things in your life that are probably difficult to walk through, but yet the results, the fire, the formation that God is going through in your life and your heart is truly a blessing. So um, this morning, I do want to take a look at the opening verses of John chapter 13, and I want to look at what Christ's humility looks like and how that equals His love and how His love equaled His humility. And I want to go through the first part of John chapter 13 and look at the example of humility and love that Christ shows us. And, but before we look there, just kind of understand that in this event, this example takes place on Thursday evening, the Thursday evening of the Passover celebration, the Thursday evening before His death, and His resurrection. He will be arrested early in the morning, the late evening of this time, really in the the darkness of the middle of the night. He will go through a trial in the very early hours of Friday. He will be executed on Friday. He will die as the true Lamb of God, the Passover Lamb. But this is the Thursday night, the night before. And on this Thursday night, Jesus is with the twelve, his 12, disciples, twelve apostles, his twelve disciples, his twelve closest uh, human friendships, relationships, and his uh, ministry partners. He's with these twelve and no one else. The Jews were after him. He had to hold this feast in a secret place, the upper room. Um, he would be later arrested in the garden. This is Thursday night, and our Lord here kind of gives us a series of promises and shows us who He is to us and who we are to Him through these 12 men. You go on, and I would encourage you even this, to read chapter 13, 14, 15, and 16 this week to really kind of get a full idea all the way up leading to His crucifixion. But go through those four chapters this week and just really try to unpack and really look and see the promises that God has for you. The love that God has for you. Who you are in Christ as a believer. And who God is as our Heavenly Father. So let's start uh, with uh, chapter 13, verse 1. Now before the feast of the Passover, Jesus, knowing that his hour had come, that he would depart out of this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. During supper, the devil, having already put, his, put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and he had come forth from God and was going back to God, he got up from supper and laid aside his garments and taking a towel, he girded himself. Then he poured water into the basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel which he was girded. So he came to Simon Peter. He said to him, Lord, do you wash my feet? Jesus answered and said to him, What I do you do not realize now, but you will understand hereafter. Peter said to him, never shall you wash my feet. Jesus answered him, if I do not wash you, you have no part with me. Simon Peter said to Jesus, he said, Lord, then wash not only my feet, but also my hands and my head. Jesus said to him, he who has bathed needs only to wash his feet, but is completely clean. You are clean, but not all of you. For he knew the one who was betraying him. For this reason he said, Not all of you are clean. So when he had washed their feet and taken his garments and reclined at the table again, he said to them, Do you know what I have done for you, to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for so, am, so I am. If I then, the Lord and the teacher, washed your feet you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I give you an example that you also should do as I did to you. Truly, truly, I say to you, a slave is not greater than his master, nor is one who is sent greater than the one who sent him. If you know these things, you are blessed, if you do them. Let's pray this morning. Father, we just come before You this morning to worship You. You are the true God. You are our Heavenly Father. Father, our words at this point can't even fully explain or describe or declare who You are. Or even exactly how much You love us. But Father, this morning, we get a chance to not look at our own words speak our own words, but to look at your word. This morning, Father, we get this opportunity to, to see and to hear what your words are. How your Holy Spirit filled this man, John, to write this passage, to give us a clear picture, an understanding, truth about who you are. How much you love us so that you sent your son, Jesus, to this earth for us. That even at this time when Jesus is with the disciples, Father, you show us how much you love us despite our own self. And God, this morning, I pray that each and every one of us in this room and listening to this this morning that would understand and see clearly and hear and understand the truth of how much you love us despite who we are. And so, God, this morning, we all have an opportunity to come before you King of kings and Lord of lords to declare ourselves unworthy, to declare ourselves unrighteous, to declare ourselves unclean, but through the blood of Jesus Christ. And so this morning, Father, we just open our hearts and our minds, our ears to you. Speak to us and God, change us. God, change us today. And it's in your name we pray. Everybody said, Amen. So this morning, we're going to see just three simple things from this text about God's humility, Jesus' humility, and His love, and how they are equal, and how one drives the other, and the other drives one. And so to start off with, we're going to look at this verse 1 again. And in this verse 1, we're going to see that His love is declared. Who it's declared to, we're going to see in verse 1 that His love is declared. declared. Now before the feast of the Passover, we've already read this, I know, Jesus knowing that His hour had come, that He would depart out of this world to the Father. Here's His love declared. Having loved His own who were in the world, He loved them to the end. His love declared is, is to the to His apostles, to His disciples, to the twelve men. His love is declared to them both now and now, and has long as He has known them, and even says to the end. His love is declared to them despite who they are. His love is declared to them despite knowing what they're doing, what they've done. His love is declared to them despite knowing what they're about to do. His love is also not only declared to the apostles, but it's declared to you and I. It's declared to all believers forever. And so this morning, you and I are going to relate to the apostles in this situation. We're going to relate to what they're doing. We're going to relate to the love they receive from Jesus. We're going to relate to the declared love that he has for them and for us. The key here is that he loved them to the end. Imagine this. You understand this. They're all sitting around their table. They're reclining at this Last Supper. They would come into this place together as brothers, as friends. But they would also come together, as a lot of brothers do, with a little dissension, with a little question, with a little challenge to each other. And so Jesus knows that coming into this room, what's going to be taking place, not only this hour, but in the hours to come. And knowing all this, coming to this, coming to this time of celebration of the Passover, Jesus sits around, he reclines around the table, With his disciples. And you know from Luke, they start talking. And they start questioning who's the best. Who's the one. Who's the most loved. Who's the top disciple. Right? And so there's this this competition, this challenge, this, this conversation going around the table. Who is the greatest? Who is the one most loved? I think you and I can all relate to the experience or the competition or even the feeling sometimes that maybe we're better than someone else or that we deserve something someone else doesn't have or does have. I think you and I can all understand the feeling of, of pride that sets us apart, that sets us different from who God the Father is. I think we've all experienced times I know that I have where I'm thinking that I deserve something or that I should gain something. Or that I have because of who I am. Because of what I've done. And despite all of what they're going through, Jesus loves them. He knows what He's about to come into. And He's about to show them the most humble, the most true experience of love that they've ever seen physically here on this earth. Much less what's going to happen for their spiritual life. And so Jesus opens up this time. He sits among them. He reclines among them. And they're all ready to eat. Also understand this. Coming to this time, they are clothed the way they're clothed. Their feet are clothed the way they're clothed in sandals. They have journeyed through the environment that they live in. We all know this. I'm not getting into an environmental uh, explanation here of, of what their dirt was like and how muddy and how dirty they were. But the reality is is that they're reclining around this table. So they're sitting at each other's feet. They are lounging, they are communicating, but they're all in this room together. And like it shows, their feet are not washed, they are unclean. And so God's love, Jesus' love declared to them right now, is about to be shown, is about to be exemplified, and what He's about to do for them, even in the midst of their conversation and their competition, and their uh, communicating to each other who is the best, who is the most loved, who is the top apostle, the best disciple. And amongst all this, Jesus was about to show true love, He's about to exemplify true humility. He has declared their love for them both today at that moment, for you today at this moment, and for all believers forevermore. What is biblical love? You know, you and I understand love in many different ways. You and I experience love in a feeling or an action. You and I experience love maybe with a family member or a friend that is true, that is deep, that is real. But we only have that because of the love that God has for us. Just kind of think for just a minute. You know, I don't know if, you, if you're married or if you have children or if you had a relationship with someone that just has that special bond of love. There are one, two, three, a lot of... Uh, well, because we have four kids. Um, and there's about to be another one. So there's about to be another experience that I'm going to have that is probably far different than any other one. But number one was our wedding day. And I can remember just that that love... That we felt on that day. The environment of which we were getting married. The things about each other that we were bringing to the table. Into this worship service to God. And so we all have those special moments. And that moment was a highlight of my life. The highlight of four children being born. Was extremely just life changing. That love that you feel. But the reality is. From those days to this day, there have been many, many moments where where I once felt that love, where I once exemplified that love, where I once had that biblical mindset of love right there. I have not shown that many times since. And the disciples are in the same situation right here. Though once they have shown their love for God, once they have followed Jesus no matter what He said or what He did, though once they, they just didn't understand, but they did anyway, they had faith, they believed, Though once they have done those things, at this moment, though they're sitting around the table and there's this competition going on and there's this challenge going on, all dirty feet, no one stepping aside from their own pride, no one coming aside from their own pride, their own desires, their own wants to do for someone else, but yet Jesus Is about to show us what true humility, what love looks like in these next few verses. So let's go and let's reread chapter uh, 13, verse 3 through 11. Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, and that he had come forth from God and was going back to God, got up from supper. And laid aside his garments, his outer garments, leaving just his undergarments. And taking a towel, he wrapped it around himself. He girded himself. Then he poured water into the basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel with which he had girded. So, he came to Simon Peter. He said to him, Lord, do you wash my feet? Jesus answered and said to him, What I do, you do not realize now, but you will understand hereafter. Peter said to him, Never shall you wash my feet, Jesus answered him. If I do not wash you, you have no part with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, then wash not only my feet, but also my hands and my head. Jesus said to him, He who has bathed needs only to wash his feet, but is completely clean, and you are clean. But not all of you. For he knew the one who was betraying him. For this reason he said, Not all of you are clean. And so in this instance, after this quarrel, this communication, this challenge of pride amongst the disciples, Jesus' love is shown. After he's declared his love for them, both today, in this moment, all the way to the end, even in this situation, after he has declared his love, he is going to show his love. Jesus shows his love in max humility. I think this is the maximum amount of humility that any human being could experience. This is an extreme amount. What takes place here is all the disciples, as we've talked about, are laying, are reclining around with each other around the table, enjoying their food. Every foot in that room is filthy, is dirty. And in an act of humility and service to these men, Jesus gets up, away from food. Right there I know this man is a lot different than I am. Gets up, walks away from the table. Goes and grabs the basin and the jar of water. Understanding this, the basin and the jar of water would have been near the door of any home in this situation. And it would be the servant's job to go fill that basin up and to wash the people's feet as they were coming in. Lowest of lows. Job lowest of lows. And Jesus goes, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, amongst these men who if they only knew, really truly knew what was about to take place, guarantee you, they would have absolutely dropped at the dime to go wash His feet. If they had only stopped to realize But yet, Jesus gets up, takes his outer garment off, girds himself with a towel, grabs the basin, grabs the water, and he begins to wash the disciples' feet. He gets to Peter. Peter is always going to challenge what Jesus is doing, what he's saying, what's going on. And Peter challenges Jesus to the point of, why are you washing my feet? You should not be washing my feet, it should be I washing yours. That's not what Jesus had for them tonight. Jesus tells him that I am here to wash your feet. Peter then requests, if not only my feet, wash my head and my hands. Jesus says it's not that you need a bath. You just need your feet washed. You're already clean. Jesus was referring to uh, that morning, they probably would have all had full, clean baths, that sort of thing. And at this point, the thing they probably needed most, because of the environment they were sitting in, was for their feet to be clean. But Jesus says you are clean. Now, that's not just an earthly, physical, I don't have dirt all over me or I don't stink. That's right. This is an eternal, significant statement. This statement is very significant in in His eternity. See, Jesus knows that Peter is a believer, is a true believer. And so Jesus knows that he and other ten men around this table are clean, not just on the outside, but on the inside. That they are followers of Christ. They are believers. Despite their actions at this point, He knows their hearts. He also knows that one of them is unclean, not just His feet. And so Jesus declares that at this point. He shows His love, though, to all twelve. Jesus shows His love to all twelve washing their feet, doing the lowest of low job around this table as they recline, as they continue to enjoy their food. And after that, He then puts it down and He joins them back at the table. I don't know about you, but as I read this and as I was going through this, I was just absolutely broken to know that I am exactly like the disciples at this point. Complete pride. Complete selfishness get mine, become what I want to become, do what I want to do, and look after myself and my family. Do what I want, get what I want. We talked about that this morning in James in our fifth is grade Financial class. James chapter 4 starts off, why do you quarrel? Why do you fight? Why do you bicker amongst yourself? Why? Why do we do these things? Because of our own desires. Because we want what we want. And so we're willing to fight and argue and bicker and do whatever we got to do against whoever we got to do it against to get our way. Complete opposite of humility. Complete opposite of the example Jesus is showing us. Far extreme. Yet, amongst this situation, Jesus shows his love for his disciples and washes their feet. Obviously, we know he is about to show his. Maximum love for these men and for us as believers, for those who are lost when He goes to the cross. Not only going to the cross, but through the beating He takes and the humiliation He takes. He's humbled. He submits Himself to the Father to go through this, to be crucified, to be buried. But as we all know, victoriously, He rises again on the third day. This is the cleanness he was talking about to Peter, that you're already clean. This is the inside. This is the eternal. This is the Christian walk. This is the Christian life. This is what you and I as believers, if you're a believer this morning, why you're clean. Despite the sin, despite the pride, despite the things that you and I struggle with each and every day. As a believer in Jesus Christ. As a follower in Jesus Christ as one chosen by Jesus Christ to live for Him, to be declared righteous. You and I are clean. And Christ will continue to show His love to you and I. He will continually wash our feet on a daily basis when we don't deserve it. And even more so, as we're going to remember this morning, we're going to continue to remember the blood that He shed for us and the body that was broken for us the ultimate sacrifice of love that He has ever shown any of us. And we're going to remember that this morning here pretty soon. Let's continue on, though. Last thing I just want us to kind of see from from Christ's humility and His love here is that His love is not just declared and said it is for these men and for all the way to the end forever, for all. Not that it's just shown at this point to the men By washing their feet. But Christ's love, His humility is actually commanded to these men. And His love and His humility is commanded to all believers to the end forever. That's you and I. Let's read on verses 12-17. through So when He had washed their feet and taken His garments and reclined at the table again, He said to them, Do you know what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for so I am. If I then, the Lord and the teacher, wash your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I give you an example that you also should do as I did to you. Truly, truly, I say to you, as a slave is not greater than his master, nor is one who is sent greater than the one who sent him. 17. This is, this is the, the kicker here. If you know these things, you are blessed if you do them. His command here is very clear. As He has washed the disciples' feet, as He has humbled Himself, as He has done, yes, a task, he has done much more than that. He has shown more love to them at this moment than what we can physically or ment- excuse me, mentally comprehend just because it was washing the feet. But he has commanded them at this point to go and do likewise. Yes, physically wash someone else's feet. Okay, great. But why would you do that? You would do that out of love and out of humility. And that's what Jesus is commanding His disciples right now to do and what He's commanding you and I to do. Here's the thing, though. Verse 17. If you know these things... Let me ask you a question. As a believer in Jesus Christ, one who has declared that you have repented, that you have turned from your sin, that you acknowledge the power of Jesus Christ and who He is, and you have declared to follow Him... As redeemed. Is this the if you know these things? If you just heard these words? Have these disciples somehow not heard what He said or seen what He's done? The if here is since. It's as if He's saying, you know these things now. I have told you, I have shown you, so now you know. Now you know. There's no. There's no excuse. There's no... There's no, I didn't understand what you were saying. I really didn't know that you really meant to wash feet. Since you know these things, since I have done these things for you, since you've experienced these things with me right now, since you have received from me what I have done for you, you are blessed. You are blessed just because of that one experience. Yes, you are. But what is His purpose in this experience? These last four words. Say them to me. If you do them. If you do them. So we can say right now, hey man, if I go wash feet, if I go love people, I'm going to be blessed and I'm going to get something. Come to Jesus and you get something? No, absolutely not. This is come to Jesus, be served by Jesus, be loved by Jesus, sacrifice yourself for Jesus others humble yourself to serve others to love others and that's the blessing not what we receive afterwards yes we will receive things and god will be good to us and he will take care of us but understand more than anything right here jesus wants them to know that the blessing is that they get to serve jesus they get to serve their brother or their sister in christ they get to serve their neighbor. If you have the opportunity to be humble and to humble yourself, to submit yourself to another, to do for them what maybe they can't do for themselves or what nobody else is doing for them, that is the blessing. That is the opportunity. Because we don't get to do any of those things without Jesus Christ. We don't get to do any of those things apart from knowing Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. And so that's our blessing. This morning, tomorrow, days ahead, that will be our blessing. In the past, we have experienced those things. Those were our blessings. Since you know these things, you are blessed if you do them. Let's challenge ourselves. Since we know these things, we will be blessed when we do them. I know for myself, reading through these short passages this last week has been very challenging. And again, like I told you, it was almost like, okay, Jeremy, you've experienced these things. You've been thinking through. You've been wondering why you're hurting on this or, or concerned about this or going through this or that. Here it is. Here are three simple things, Jeremy, that you can do, that you can understand, that you can know today from me, God, your Father, to know how much I love you and to what I've called you to do. This morning, I just want to encourage each and every one of you. As a believer, to know that God's love is declared for you. And as a believer, to know God's love has been shown to you. And as a believer, God's love has been commanded to you to go and do. If you're here this morning and you're an unbeliever, I encourage you, not by the sound of my voice, but through the gospel through Jesus Christ, through the Holy Spirit this morning, to respond to Him, not to me. Because if you recognize right now that you're not a follower of Christ, if you're recognizing right now that your sin is keeping you from knowing Jesus in a personal way, for receiving forgiveness of sin, for receiving eternal life, then you're probably recognizing right now that you have pride, you have sin in your life. But this experience right here that we've just read through, this event we've read through, will show you, should show you, does show you, that Jesus loves you. And if you will continue to read, you will see how much He loves you. More than just washing these disciples' feet. But He loves you to the point where, where you could do nothing for yourself, to forgive yourself, to change yourself, to do anything right for yourself. Jesus showed you He loved you. And He went to the cross. Submitted to the Father. And He died on the cross. And He rose again. This morning we're going to experience communion. This communion is for all believers. Not just gateway believers. This time of communion this morning is for welcome to all believers here this morning. But it is just that for the believer the communion that we're going to experience this morning is not an activity or an accomplishment for any of us to gain anything. This opportunity to experience communion is an opportunity to remember and to reflect on what Jesus Christ has done for us. We are going to break the bread that resembles the broken body of Jesus Christ. We are going to drink the cup That represents the blood that was shed for you and I. And as a believer this morning, you have an opportunity to come experience this. Not to be a part of the group, but to have a direct relationship and a direct time of worship with your Heavenly Father, with Jesus Christ. We do this together this morning, but we do this as individual believers in Jesus Christ. If this morning... You are not a believer. You have an opportunity to respond to the gospel. If that's something you want to know, if that's something you feel, you know within your heart right now, it is, believe me, it is unmistakable. This is not just a feeling of, oh, I think I'd like to do something like this. No, this is God's voice in your life, in you, inside you, to know that He's drawing you to Himself. And if that's something that you sense this morning, then please come see myself, Pastor CJ, any of the elders or the men in this church, and we will pray with you, we will talk with you, and we will help you to understand why it is we remember this. How it is we get to remember this. For His glory. And so this morning we're going to get a chance to do that. First, the praise team is going to get a chance to come through and to receive and to participate in communion, and then they're going to come up on the stage And they're going to begin to lead us in closing worship. There are going to be deacons that are going to be in the aisle who are going to help guide and give you instruction on how to participate and how to come down to receive communion. But this morning, before any of those things happen, I'd like to encourage you to spend some time in prayer. And I'd encourage you to spend some time reflecting on the love that God has declared for you. To reflect on the love that Jesus Christ has shown for you. To reflect on the love that Jesus Christ has commanded you to go and do. If there is anything this morning that hinders you. That is unconfessed in. Anything burdened on your heart. I just encourage you to deal with that this morning. Please don't leave that there. To harbor and to fester. But bring it to the cross. I encourage you. This morning, if anyone in this room needs to know Jesus, please do so today. As a believer, I'm thankful for the opportunity to be able to experience communion with you. And I'm humbled at the opportunity to be able to serve you. And I'm thankful for your service to our Heavenly Father. Let's pray, and then the praise team can come, and the deacons who are going to assist in serving can come. Father, we thank you for who you are. We thank You that You, in humility, love us despite our sin. Jesus, Your humility, Your love for us, has been declared from the beginning of time. And we thank You, Father, for loving us today, in our past, and in our future. We thank You for loving us to the end. Father, we thank You for showing us Your love that You sent Your Son, Jesus Christ, not just to this earth to wash feet, but to ultimately pay the sacrifice of His life so that we may know You and we may experience You. Father, this morning we come before You as an act of worship, as an act of obedience to experience this time of communion. And Father, I pray this morning that we would be challenged to go and to live out the command that you've given us to love one another, to be humble, to show love, to serve others, that the world may know not that we are great, but you are great. Not that we are good, but you are great. And not that we have done anything or can do anything, but Father, your Son, Jesus Christ, offers us forgiveness of sin. This morning, God, we just thank you for this opportunity. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.